three. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak, sickly, and many sleep. For if you would judge yourselves, you should not be judged. But when ye are judged, ye are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what's the hope of your calling. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in Holy Communion, there's things that the Lord wants to get to us. He's not trying to keep things away from us. He's trying to get things to us. So there's things that he needs us to do to cooperate with him so that we can get the full benefit of what is going on in the communion service. There's been all kinds of different rituals and things, but I want, to, I want to take this from an angle. Paul said, I received this from the Lord. Now I want you to notice something about Paul. Paul was not one of the 12. He was not one of the 12 disciples, and he wasn't there at the Last Supper. So he didn't get it that way. 
So if he, he said, I received it of the Lord, how did he get it? He got it by revelation. And I believe that when he got that revelation, he got more than what the 12 saw that were right there with him. Because he got an expanded edition of what, some of what was taking place. And a lot of times we read things in the, in the Word of God, and some of it goes wrong right over our head. But he wants us to catch the Word with our heart. Because when Jesus was with the twelve, or the eleven, and they were in the upper room, that he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And he took the bread and he breaks it. And it goes right back and it ties right in, in with Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And it talks about, in the New Testament, about the veil being rent and torn in two in the temple. And a lot of times we would say, well, that just, that's, all the, that's just talking about this big, thick curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And it wasn't. And it was. Because the Bible says that the veil was the body of Jesus that was torn in two for us or rent. So in what Jesus was telling his disciples, he said, my body's going to be broken. And Isaiah saw this 750 years before it happened. And he says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You say, well, Jesus was just did that for sin. No, Jesus did it for sin, but he also did it for our bodies. The stripes were laid on his bodies. Jesus took in his body so that we wouldn't have to take it in our body. Now, if he, if he did that, why is it working for us? Is that a fair question? One of the reasons why is we've got to appropriate what Jesus did by faith and believe what he said. You know, you didn't experience the new birth until you appropriated by faith what Jesus did for you on the cross and in the shedding of blood. You had to... You had to do something with it. For some, it was you walk down the aisle and you shake the preacher's hand and you said, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It didn't happen for me like that. I wasn't in a church service. I reckon I was in a church service, but I was in somebody's living room sitting on a footstool. I thank God that he can do things on a footstool. He can do things in a church pew. He can do something wherever somebody will believe him. Wherever somebody will believe him. But I had to do something. I had not only to believe that that was possible, but I had to make the transition, he said, because you believe in your heart, but you confess him with your mouth. And in the, in the confessing of the mouth, the deal has just been signed. And there was a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. 
Oh, yes, it's mine. Hallelujah. Our good God done a great thing in my life. And he's done a great thing in your life. But the Apostle Paul now, and he's, he's talking to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about the body of Christ. And part of the way that we would talk would look at that and be correct was Jesus' body was broken for our healing. Jesus' blood was shed for our redemption. In a lot of churches, and I'm not knocking churches, but sin is preached every time that you come in the house. And you say, well, how many times can you get saved? How many times you got to go to the altar and get saved? That sometimes you got to get discipled and grow in the things of God. And the Apostle Paul saw some things, I believe, that the Holy Spirit revealed to him that I believe that the, it's a good chance that the other disciples didn't really have a grasp on at that particular time. He said, because he showed it to me. The Lord himself showed it to me. And that was dealing with the body of Christ, not just with the stripes that were on Jesus, although that's right. And not only the blood that flowed out of Jesus, because that was right. But when he said the body of Christ, he was also talking about the church itself. And a lot of times we don't liken ourselves that way. We think that we go to church instead of I am the church. And how I cooperate with what goes on in church can have an effect on my health. And the way that I treat my brother and sister in the Lord can have an effect on my health. And a lot of times that'll go right on over here. Well, I don't care about them. I just care about me. Well, that's not the heart of God. And he said, because he says in the Gospels, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So one might say, well, if they love me like that, they would give to me. If we love like that, we wouldn't expect them to. Because love ain't, it's not a demanding thing. It's something that you do because you want to. But he says this here, and I want to draw our attention to this because I want to show you just how sometimes that the mind can, can wander and roam. Verse number 27 says, Wherefore, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So, the human mind would, 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 would do something like this. Well, I'm going to play it safe. And I'm not just going to partake of communion. And that way, I won't be partaking of uh, unworthily. Well, unworthily has to do with this. There is nothing absolutely that you can do 
to make yourself worthy of the blood and the body of Jesus. So let's, let's lay that one down right to start. There is nothing that you can do yourself to make you worthy of the blood and the body of Jesus. Jesus did it and he gave it to us and all that we can do is believe him and accept him. And as we believe him and accept him, he makes us worthy. Amen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. You'll never be right in yourself. You're right in him. It's in him and through him that we have these promises and these provisions are made unto us. So that takes a lot of, that should take a lot of guilt and a lot of performance base. That if I can just get good enough, God will love me. And if I can get good enough, God will do something for me. And God says, how much better can you get than the blood of Jesus? Can you do anything to top the blood of Jesus? Can you do anything that would trump the blood of Jesus? Absolutely not. So, when he's talking about there in of unworthily, he's not just talking about in your performance. He's talking about, and the Greek word there is reverence. That we reverence the blood of Jesus. That we reverence the body of Jesus. That we reverence what he did for us. When we reverence what he did for us. See, when I was growing up, I went to church from the time I was this big right on up. I was in the house and I wasn't really irrever irreverent, but I sure weren't plugged in because I didn't care if I was there or not. So my heart was not connected with what was going on in the church. Can anybody else identify beside me? Mm -hmm. Going through motions, singing what I call dead songs, listening to what I call dead preaching. But you know, to a dead man, you can have the most alive things in the world, and you still did. But thank God he can make us alive. Amen. So, here he is talking about that I reverence the body and the blood of Jesus. But I also, here's part of the revelation, that I reverence how God has placed me in the body. Mm -hmm. And how God wants to use me in the body. Now, John, I said that on that, that missionary call is still on your life because that's something that the Lord has placed in you. And that, that ain't never going to go away. The calling of God and the purpose of God for a per person's life, it never leaves them. But he wants us to embrace the purpose that he gave us. That we become the person that we are or that we need to be. 
and we become the person that we need to be by plugging into his purpose. Because just as you cannot do anything to make yourself worthy of the blood of Jesus, you can't make yourself fit in that place of your call. But there is a supply that we have, and the, the Bible likens the body of Christ to the human body. You ever seen anybody that's back that's fused together? How do they walk? They walk stiff. Why? Because they can't bend. Because the joints have been fused or welded or they got a rod or something like that. And they, they, move, they, they move stiff. Because there's something that's connected in that's artificial. And they've had to do something to them. And just as we fit in the body and everybody has a place and everybody has a supply and God needs that supply in the church. And if I don't bring my supply, there's something lacking in the church service. There's something lacking in the church. Let me say it, let me say it another way. If you don't bring your supply, mm -hmm. there's something lacking in the church service. It needs to be more than just, David, I'm here, preach me a good message. When the supply is there, there's an expectation when we come together that not only am I going to get something when I come to church, but I'm going to bring something when I come to church. This is for our purpose, getting in our place and our purpose and getting our supply. When we do that, <clears throat> we don't take from somebody else, we bring to someone. How do you like it when, when, it's, when you're doing a job and there's other people supposed to be participating in it, but you're doing all of the work? How does, that, does that make you feel warm and fussy? Or everybody else is supposed to be cooking the food and you have to bring all the food. It don't go over well. Same way in church when we take and there's a supply that God has because every one of us is a member and we need to see ourselves that way. As a member of the body of Christ, and there's something that God can do when every part of the body is functioning together the way it's supposed to. That way, we, do, we, we reach out and we accomplish something instead of it being that we rub each other the wrong ways. Anybody ever been rubbed the wrong way? It don't feel good, does it? When we rub each other the wrong way, we're stepping into that place of unworthy. Because I have not placed a value 
If I'm doing the one that's doing the rubbing, then I have not placed the value on you as my brother and sister or my fellow member in the body. But that's a two-way street. What if you rub me the wrong way? Just as I have the ability to walk out of love, you have the ability to walk out of love also. And when we do, things become strained. He says, I want you to walk in love. And he says, because we would say that person has, a, has offended me. I'm not having anything to do with them. I'm going to cut them off. How many we got in here that's like that? I ain't going to forgive them. I just ain't going to mess with them. See, you can't walk in love and do that. But offense will, offense will take that way. And I'll shut you down. And there's people that do that in their own house. Husband and wife get in a tiff. We ain't in a tiff. But again, won't speak to each other for three days. Walk around the house. Happy. Lips poked out. Well, you might be in the house, but you, but you sure ain't happy. How can I tell? Blind Marvaz could tell that. <laughs> Lips stuck out. Most time people ain't or stomping their, <laughs> their feet. Most time people ain't happy when they're acting like that. True? So he says here, there's a supply that we all bring to the table. And when we bring our supply, there's something that God does supernatural in the body. You say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my supply is. We're going to do something about that today. I'd like for everybody to participate in it. Because it's probably a good chance that you don't know what your supply is. But how about if we ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that I'm supposed to bring to the table? What's the supply that I'm supposed to bring to locate what we should be doing and then I was challenged by this. Lynn, this may come easy for you, but it don't come easy for me. You said, what in the world is he talking about now? I look up here, I look at Lena. For years she's been up here, and I know some of her demeanor. And she would get up here and she would sing this song. And the power of God be all over. But ask her to speak something, <laughs> and she'd say, That's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> 
was just the opposite. There is in the natural, and you wouldn't know it, there's a timidity about standing up in front of people. And when it comes to singing, it ain't happening. Not that I didn't like to sing, but I didn't want to sing. I, I always admired you for being able to do that. I said, I couldn't do that. I could never do that. You said, well, it's just singing. You didn't see the <laughs> so I appreciate that part of the heart that you press through something to bring to bring a supply. But we were getting ready to do a cantata here. And Stacy, I'm not not Stacy, but um oh, uh, Abby. Abby. Abby and her daughter happened to be here. Not Abby. Yeah. Kelly. Kelly. Kelly and her daughter happened to be here. And uh they said something about singing singing a part. And um, Kelly said, the Lord may be calling you up to a different spot. And I said, I'm just shaking in my shoes. I received that. See, if we play it in the comfort zone, it's a good chance that we will never step into our purpose. Because our purpose is always bigger than what we are. And it's going to take God to be able to pull it off. So there's a supply that we each one has. We need to know what our purpose is so that we can bring that supply. See, we're going we're gonna to have the 15th. We're going to have a mighty move of the Spirit of God in services. Mm -hmm. And there's people that need to be here that need to know Jesus in ways that they don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. They need to experience Jesus in ways that they've never experienced Jesus. They need to know the person of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people that need these signs and wonders and miracles. Part of, the, part of the working of that is for us bringing our supply. The Holy Ghost in the beginning was hovering, waiting for a word, waiting for a place to be able to land, to be able to move. I believe God wants to move in the Cherry Church of God. Amen. I believe he wants to move right in this location, yes. right here. Yes. And I, want, I believe he wants to show out and perform for people to come to know him. Yes. And to be set free from the enslavement of the devil. Amen. The enslavement of sin. And he needs us to cooperate with him. He needs us to pray these things in, to speak these things out, to believe him. John Wesley said it like this. He said, it seems that God 
can do nothing on the earth unless somebody asks him. See, for a lot, and I find this in a, in a lot of older people, and they say, I don't know why I'm still here. I can tell you one reason they're still here. Because God needs people. <coughs> they may not be fulfilling their place, but he needs people Amen. that will stand in that place. That tells me there's people that don't know what their purpose is and they don't know what their supply is. I didn't say they didn't love the Lord. I didn't say they hadn't been faithful to church in their life, to God in their life. But you can do those things and not know what your purpose is. Because we are more than we want to admit it. We are creatures of habit. And if we've been doing something for a long time, a lot of times if we don't do it, it just don't feel right. But here it is for God's breaking new ground and getting us into our purpose and our purpose is bigger than what we are and it's new ground, then it's easy to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to step into that. But I took Kelly's challenge and I submitted to that challenge. And not only did I help sing one part, but I helped sing several parts. Not that singing was my forte. But the will of God is. Amen. My will is to do his will. And I delight to do his will. So when it comes to his will, I'd rather do my best and push into something even if I'm not comfortable doing it. Because that's what he asked me to do. Now he said, we start functioning in that place of love. We start functioning in a place where God can do something for us that a lot of times we've held, our, held his hands from being able to accomplish. That's why he says if you'll judge yourself, one of the aspects of it, not all of it, but one of the aspects of it. See if I'm going to set on my gift or set on my purpose when God's got something for me to do, I don't bring something to the, to the table. And my supply that day could be the very thing that sets somebody free in this church. Right. I heard somebody say this. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard them say it. I always, I've always thought said, "There's a key to every service that takes place, and one day you may be that key." But I can tell you this: if you're hooked into your purpose and hooked into your supply. You will be used to bring. And if you're the key, you'll be the one who brings that supply. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, God's going to stretch us some this year. And we're going to step in some things that we've not, probably never stepped in before.
And God's going to get some glory out of your life. And he's going to take, he's going to, he wants to awaken some things that are in, in us that have set dormant for years. And he's going to say, it's time. I need this to come up. I need to, this to come up. You say, well, I don't want to do that. He said, but I need this to come up. Let's not let the Lord pass us by to get to somebody else because we wouldn't cooperate with him. I heard this preacher one time and he said this. He said, the Lord told him, he said, I want you to do this. They felt pretty good about it, that the Lord was calling them to do this. And then the Lord spoke to him and he said, you're not my first choice. <clears throat> I asked somebody else to do it and they wouldn't do it. See, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people that are sick in their bodies because of not cooperating with the Lord. And I want you to see a progression right here before we take communion. For the, verse number 30. For this cause, many are weak. Sickly among you and many sleep. There's a progression that works here. It starts out like this. There's a weakness. And the weakness turns into a sickly. And the sickly turns into a premature death. <clears throat> but he says if you'll judge yourself these won't happen to you. Talking about the communion. So if you find yourself in a weak place, weakened in your body, weakened in your mind, don't let it progress to a sickly place caused by disobedience of not plugging into the plan and the purpose of God because the one that follows of a premature death you don't want, you don't want that to happen because God's got a purpose God's got a plan and he wants that plan fulfilled in our life now you can't do that for somebody else. As much as I want it for Holly, I can't do it for her. But it might be the other word I am. As much as she wants it for me, she can't do it for me. Every one of us carries. We are our own member. Of the body of Christ. We are our own part. Of the body. And nobody. Nobody. Nobody can supply. 
that supply but me. And nobody can supply your supply but you. Will a man rob God? And I know this is dealing with tithes and offering. But will a man rob God? If we're holding out on something that the Lord wants to be at work in the body, are we robbing God? I believe it could fall into that place that we really are. Thank God that he is patient and he is merciful, but he's calling us up to a higher place. Some would say, well, I just ain't going to protect. I just ain't going to partake of that communion because I, I would do it in an unworthy manner or I would do it in an irreverent manner. Brothers and sisters, if we're not taking our place, we are irreverent. David didn't want to be irreverent when he took that challenge that Kelly had said. It weren't like, Johnny, it weren't like, yeah, 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 I get to do this, I get to do this. <laughs> it was totally opposite. Because it weren't what I really wanted to do. But it opened up a door. Not that I'm going to be some great singer. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there's sometimes that I need to use a phrase in a song when I'm communicating the word to get across what the Spirit of God wants to be done. And if David was still stuck in his little comfort zone, I would never tap tapped into that place. Let me give you another one before we do this. When I started teaching on Wednesday nights, I have always been a poor reader. <clears throat> I've always been a slow reader. So to read in public is something that I would steer away from almost always. But teaching on Wednesday night, I started reading because we needed the information for one thing, but it called me out of a place of a comfort zone. I still ain't a great reader, but I'm a lot better than I was. God will take the initiative that we bring to the table. Here's the initiative. Like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. My will is to do your will. And as my will gets in line with his will, God supplies. See, God is the supplier. He's the one who gives the energy to all of these things. And he wants us to walk in it. And he wants, and he's going to use us He's going to use us for these signs and wonders and miracles. Because these signs shall follow them that 
believe. Let me say it again. Believers believe. Believe. Believers believe. This is one of the marks of a believer. They believe. You say, well, I doubt. You ain't a believer. You doubt. My good brother down at Stunted Point. He would say something and I would answer it. I doubt. I doubt. It's like for a man of, for a man of faith, just show a lot of doubt operating there. I had two choices. I could get offended with what he said or I could pay attention to what he said so that I could get over myself. And for us to get up, for us to be able to accomplish the things that God wants to do in our lives, there are things in us that we're just going to have to get over to come up. Because God and His call and His purpose and His plan is bigger than what we are. Now, I want you to join in with me this morning. I'm going to pray a general prayer, but I'd like for you to pray a specific prayer. And it's having to do with this, Lord, I want to be in your purpose. I want to know what your purpose is. I want to know what your plan is. And I want to be obedient to your plan and your purpose. The call of God that's on my life, and there's a call of God that's on every life that's in here. And there's a call of, of God that's going to be on every life that comes in here. for God to supply. One of the reason, ways that God's going to supply is that I'm going to make myself available to Him so that He can work through. Would you join me in that prayer? It's like a prayer of consecration is what it is. I did it last night when I was laying in the bed before 12 o'clock came. Father, I consecrate myself afresh and anew. I want you, more than anything, to be glorified in my life. My will is to do your will. My delight is to do your will. Your purpose is my purpose. Your desire is my desire. I humble myself under your mighty hand. I hum humble myself under your plan. I humble myself to your purpose. I humble myself to your call. My name is obedience. My name is submission. My name is to do your will. That's who I call myself. I look to you for the supply as I yield myself to you.
Thank you, Lord, you're helping me to get over myself and to get on to you. In Jesus' name. And if I've got aught against any, if I've got aught against myself, if I've got unforgiveness in any shape, form, or fashion, forgive me. For I forgive others and I forgive myself. In Jesus' name. Amen. Johnny, would you help me? Sammy, would you help me?